Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Attack Early Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today and every day by my good friend from Nashville, Sam. The Sam Moses. What's up? Every day is a winding road. <laughs> you know? All right. You said every day, and uh, um, I'm just a uh, segue to a song. Didn't make that connection. <laughs> you know. Anyway, <laughs> welcome. Today, we are going to be talking about. I don't know. Do you think this will be clickbait? I don't think it'll be clickbait. Because this, this is what we're talking about. Clickbait's like if it's, it's like, it's, I'm uh, quitting the podcast. Yes, that's cool. I don't think this is that clickbaity. <laughs> this is interesting bait. <laughs> interesting bait. The fish <laughs> looks at it in the pond is like, that's shiny. I want to put that in my mouth. Exactly. And then hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Anyway, today we are going to be talking about when we choose to not go into the analog and really just kind of be like, you know what? This guy needs to stay in the box and uh, what that kind of looks like. And I think it'll be relevant for pretty much anyone and everyone who masters music, is interested in mastering music, um, or just kind of trying to learn a way to make a little bit more of a creative mix bus, I suppose. Anyway, yes. do you want to go into housekeeping? I would love to do housekeeping. I'm so excited. Housekeeping! My friends, listener audience, thank you so much for tuning into another show. Thank you for all the love you've been sharing on the Instagram. You all have really been doing just a spectacular job. Thank you. Like, no joke. It's been so good. It's pretty nice. Our show has been growing. Our audience has been growing. Hopefully, your followers have been growing as we are cross-marketing. Cross-marketing each other. Thank you. And during this housekeeping segment, you have the unique chance to like, share, and subscribe this show take a screenshot of this episode or any episode you're on post it on instagram help us out please tag me moses mastering tag matt for the record thank you and mastering uh, mastering for the record mastering (laughs) there you go and um then we'll reshare it and by sharing thank you we all get some more caring and that is housekeeping was lame. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's the keeping of the house. The <laughs> housekeeper, keeper of the house, Lay Miz. If anybody's seen Lay Miz, keeper of the house, best song in that nope. show. <laughs> nope. Anyway, so Broadway Sam, in the box mastering. In the box mastering. Let's just assume. That you do have the option to go out of the box, Mm. Mm. but you don't. Okay. I feel like that will kind of be like a wide enough net as opposed to not having the option to go outside the box. Yes. Because a decision needs to be mentally like met that it's not appropriate for this thing to go out of the box. (laughs) Inappropriate. If you can't go out of the box, then the decision doesn't need to be made. You just, that's just what you do. So I would say let's start from the point of um, you have the option to go out, but you don't 
think it is the appropriate option. Mm. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when do you decide, I think this needs to stay in the DAW? In the DAW. The well, DAW. Uh, I mean, first thing I do is listen to the song. Once I listen to the song and I determine that I do want to stay in the box. Um, I'm usually staying in the box because going out of the box will be, of course, detrimental to the song, in my opinion. I will stay in the box when I feel like the out-of-the-box uh, gear will not help us get us to the end product we want to go to. So sometimes if songs are overly compressed, and they could still sound really good when I say that, they're over, you know, super compressed already at the mix stage, sometimes going out of the box does not help that song in any way. It can get kind of um, even more dense or even distorted, I've found. If stuff is kind of heavily compressed already. And sometimes songs don't need to be bigger or more dense. Um, sometimes that just makes it feel like kind of like an overwhelming sound to me is how I describe it, where it's no longer enjoyable, there's no more space. And that's not always what you need to do. You don't always need to add density and you know depth and dimension to things in theory. You can have all three at the same time. Sometimes songs need to be smaller, to fit the vibe or they don't need to be as wide or they don't need to be as dense. So if something's extremely compressed and kind of dense already, sometimes I won't go out of the box. Uh, if something is sounding already very saturated in the box, like if a lot of people use exciters or saturators um, on their mixes and on sourcing, and sometimes going out of the box, the harmonic distortion from tubes or solid state or even a piece like uh, like the Better Maker Mastering Limiter I have has a color section that adds harmonics. Sometimes adding harmonics on top of harmonics just makes things fuzzy and blurry. And it doesn't... Have you ever found yeah, that like you tell somebody about a plugin and then like they start using that plugin on the mix? <laughs> yes. And then it's just like... Shit, man, I know what you did. Right. Got the sound right there, but that's right. not where that sound needs to be. It needs yes. to be on the master. It doesn't need to be on the mix. And you're like, Matt, why'd you tell him about the plug-in? Right. <laughs> why'd yes. you just keep it to yourself? I do feel like... You don't want like them to use it. Some... You like it so much you talk about it, but you run your mouth. But right. they're using it now. And I hear it. It's right there. And it's right. too much of it. Yeah. I do yeah. feel like I can hear <laughs> sometimes plug-ins or you know, different exciters, especially... Um, and, you know, they those things all have their place, but there is an order of operations. I believe there's kind of an order of operations. We're kind of like building this pyramid, I think, um, is kind of how I visualize it from the conception of the song all the way to us calling the record done at mastering. And I think there's things that go at certain stages, and I think they those certain pieces of gear or plugins, since we're in the box, highlight certain things better at certain stages, be it the amount of gain coming in or compression. Um, you know, certain things sound better at certain times. I think everything has a sweet spot overall. Um, but yeah, something's like already got a lot of harmonic, you know, sound going to it, which basically means distortion adding more harmonics off those harmonics can mm-hmm. often make it start to sound crunchy. I notice that the most with like 808, like low end starts to get farty, um, you know, mm-hmm. or 
and people don't usually like that. Or the top end, like sibilance starts to get like super exaggerated and you know, it's just, there's nothing you can do about that unless you want to like run a de-esser or something. So something like that, you know, if the song is already really saturated and kind of sounding borderline like extra crispy in saturation or like sizzle excitement, like digital excitement, then out of the box doesn't always, you don't always want to be like multiplying that, which is essentially what harmonics are doing is like you're making distortion off, you know, a root note or a sound or a frequency and you know, you don't always want to create more of the distortion we like because then it can lean quickly to crunchy. So that would be a time like I definitely stay in the box. Um, if stuff is really quick transient sometimes, like super clean pop or like rap, depending how much low end is there, sometimes going out of the box is no good because while out of the box can add like some really nice low end, um, the tightness and punchiness of it can sometimes go away. I found even when you adjust attack and release or not take a ton off. Um, sometimes stuff gets uh, a bit more, it just gets less quick sounding to me is really how I'd describe it. Like it's, it's almost like a smearing and a density thing again, where sometimes in the box is a bit more surgical and clean and can kind of keep everything identical. Um, where, you know, anytime I go out of the, out of the box, it, it's destructive in theory, <laughs> in a good way. But, you know, hitting almost any piece of gear is changing a lot um, to me in comparison of staying in the box. And uh, you have to know what you're doing to go out <coughs> of the box, I feel like. Um, and I feel like that's something people don't talk a lot about is there's a long... For me, there was like a learning curve of going out of the box that was a bit longer than staying in the box. Because obviously, I, well, not obviously, but I built my quote-unquote career on being fully in the box, which we could talk about like in-the-box mastering chains later here. But those are some instances where, you know, I would definitely stay in the box. Um the other, I mean, the one last thing would maybe be if I think something quote unquote sounds analog already, which is like a statement I don't really believe in, but what people think analog sounds like is basically like round mm -hmm. and warm. So if something already feels really round and warm um, and sounds basically like top end has been rolled off <laughs> and it's like not as bright and crispy and it's kind of more fat round. Sometimes I won't go out of the box. Sometimes I'll just keep it in the box and figure out, you know, what I'm trying to do. Because a lot of clients describe that they want stuff to be fat and big and, and analog-y. Um, and that's usually for me more of a EQ sound than anything else. So if the song already sounds that way and the client's not requesting really anything, you know, like, oh, I want it to be gluey and analog-y or, you know, whatever, then... I'll sometimes stay in the box with stuff like that. And then the final thing would be to, I know I said I was almost done, but <laughs> some some of my mixers I work with still do consoles and, and even work on tape, print to tape, and that stuff's like slammed and perfectly slammed. Mm -hmm. And so coming out of the box normally unglues <laughs> something, uh, in my opinion, even if you re-glue it back. There's a certain 
a couple of my guys have like SSL G consoles um, or a Neve or API. Um, there's like four or five guys that I know that still put put the mixes on the board and you know slam the console bus. And there's something that happens magically in the low end that I often find as soon as I go out of the box, it goes away. Um, specifically with the low end, and um, you know, in those instances we're already as loud as we need to be. So it's just kind of a matter of even just saying like, is this record done or not? You know, do I really need to do anything to this song? You know, maybe there's just a few songs on the record that need adjusted and seven of them are great. So, um, you know, it's using, it's using uh, discipline to not do things, which I think we've talked about before, but I think the longer I master, the more it's so much about not doing things um, and knowing when to call a record done and if it is quote unquote already done or how to just kind of bring everything to level. So, um, so it's more cohesive and enjoyable in theory. So let's, let's start there. That's my answer, Matt. Oh, <laughs> cutting podcast myself off. one is done. <laughs> cutting, cutting myself off. I guess so. Um, so the question was, when is going out of the box no longer advantageous? Advantageous. Um, what a great word. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'll just say mine real quick. I don't really think I have like a lot of embellishment. And for the sake of kind of moving into where everyone wants this podcast to be in the box chains, I'll just keep this short. Um, <laughs> I have the song itself just can't do it. So like sometimes you'll get some songs in and you're just kind of like, man, there's no more dynamic range or it's like, this is loud and that's fine. But if it's like, if you get a mix and it's like minus six, minus seven or like minus five and I'm talking in RMS. Yeah. Like typically your dynamic, like, like, okay. Yeah. You can, like, I could totally turn it down, but the dynamic range is probably like all chewed up. And so... It's like the mix in its present state probably would not benefit from going out of the box. That doesn't mean the mix itself sounds bad, and that doesn't mean you need to ask for a mix revision. That could just be for, like, if everything sounds good, you could totally just do, if needed, like an EQ adjustment. You could do any type of sweetening that you want to do on your end and then have, like, a final limiter to set, like, a final level or maybe two limiters. Um there's not really a lot of need necessarily to be like, if it's a good mix, there's no need for it to be brought down. And especially if there's no like dynamic range left and stuff and you're going to be like, like a lot of gear doesn't handle that level well anyway. And so let's say you turn it down and then you're like feeding all this other processing into this mix that's not really able to like, it doesn't really have the headroom for any of that gear or any of the harmonic stuff, like as Sam was saying, to really enhance anything that's going on. Then it's like, it's kind of like up to you of, this is like, like we're doing more harm than good. And like, kind yeah. of like the, like the mastering engineer's mantra should really be like, do no harm. Um, so yeah, like the song itself just can't do it. Um, there's no more dynamic range. Um, going out of the box just might make things worse. And then there's this whole thing, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. Some stuff just like sounds too junky, and it's like there's too much going on, or there's just there's just something on like somebody's end that it's like nothing about 
going out of the box will benefit what is going on here. And that's just me being brutally honest because sometimes you just kind of like reach that point and it's like if a client like really wants to work with you or you're like you were recommended or something like that, it's like, well, I don't want to turn down the client. They're like a great person or whatnot. And it's like the hands might have just been tied somewhere along the line. Like the tracking session might have been a little weird or something. I don't know. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just like the reality of some stuff sometimes. And you just, you listen to some stuff early in the morning and you're just like, well, this is going to be a long day. And it's like everyone had day, has days like that. And that's totally fine. It's just kind of like where the project is when it gets to you. And if it just won't benefit at all, just from like how everything is going and it's not something that you necessarily, it doesn't need to be like, Hey, can I like, like, this isn't something I don't work on. Like, it's not like to that point yet. Um, you're just like, yeah, nothing I do going out of the box would really help what's going on here. And so I think that's as nice as I can say it. (laughs) (laughs) Was that mean, Sam? No, I don't think so. I think some stuff just sometimes is a little sonically challenged, and we'll leave right. it at that. Right. Okay. So we're let's get to the part of the episode everybody wants to be at. <laughs> so so we we've already made the decision that we're staying in the box. That yes. This is that this is where we're going to live for this session. However many songs it is. Um. What type of um, plugins are you using for like your in the box chain? Right. And there's like kind of like a funny like little. It's not like an anecdote, but it's just like a thing. Yeah, it's definitely not an anecdote. <laughs> Every time I I say that I don't like using something, yeah. Two weeks later, or whenever the podcast airs that we're recording this on, I end up using that thing so much. <laughs> And I don't know why. Like, I was listening to, like, an episode that hasn't aired yet. Oh, what was it? I can't remember. I, I, oh, we were talking about saturation. That was it. Oh, it did, it airs today. Yeah. That's when this one airs. Um, I need to, we need to do a little posty post about that. Um, in that episode, I was saying, man, I really don't like that. Plugin Alliance. It's the plugin version of like that black box, whatever it's called. Yeah. That like harmonic thing where you have like the pentode and the triode and like yeah. little air knob and stuff. Never liked it. I'll tell you what though. <laughs> this is for all you in the box mastering folks. You 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 mix engineers and producers who are listening. Y'all y'all cover your ears. It's one of those earmuff things. But if you're a mastering engineer, you can listen to this. If you're staying in the box. And you need something to sound like pretty analog and like you kind of need that depth of something. You crank, I think it's like whatever that first knob is, like the first like tube bass knob, like pentode or triad, whatever's on the left. You give that just like a little tickle and like it's just like a world of depth opens up. It's just like, holy crap. This is great for making it sound like it went out of the box and it didn't go out of the box. So right. I highly recommend that. All right, all you producers and mix engineers who were not listening before, you can um, you can unmute your ears. Also, I always have said on this podcast that I only use on my massive passive the middle two bands, and I never use anything else. Man, I've been boosting the shit out of the lows recently. Uh-huh. I've been having a grand old time over here. It's like it's so nice. <laughs> It's not that I didn't know it wasn't nice. I just didn't know I wanted it as much as I did now. Right. And so, anyway, I think uh, kind of like in the saturation episode, it's the 
It's like the big booty, bright teeth, like thing. Bring me you know, your 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 Saturn plug-in uh-huh. uh, preset you got going on. So, yeah. anywho, anywho, whatever I say in this next section, <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know that I'm a liar. And so, <laughs> when this airs, you can say, "Okay, what did Matt say he doesn't like, and what is he probably using now?" Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's just how it's going. Okay, Sam. Now that I've wasted a lot of time. Yes. What kind of plugins are you using in an in-the-box chain? Do you have an in-the-box chain? Oh yes, hundred percent have an in-the-box chain. Yeah, I'm gonna. So my in-the-box chain is loaded with plugins that. It has one. It has options. Let's call that. It's just like having a desk. So, like on my desk, is it like a session made for in the box, or is it just like another part of a session you can use that channel? It's in the same session. It's just in the template. I have master out, master in for out of the box, and then right below that, I have mix reference, which is where the mix reference goes, and then below that, I have master in the box that has this. A plugin chain on it already, like all the plugins off. If I decide that, so this chain is just options. Um, just like with my desk, I have options, and usually only a few things get used. But sometimes you throw the whole kitchen sink at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna just read down. These are the plugins that are on my chain. Doesn't mean they get used. But this is these are current go-to tools for problem solving or enhancing. Number one, OTT. I know, I know, I know. OTT. I just got into OTT like a year ago, which is multi-band expansion and compression. And it is highly destructive, but it also is insanely good on all things electronic music. And if something is boring... OTT can bring it back to life, I've learned. So uh, OTT is a free plugin, and people have been using it for years. It's like made got famous like in the dubstep world because it just makes things insanely loud. But if you use it, uh, I like the upwardness about it because it really can bring out the character of instruments or things that might be tucked away uh, where if a song is boring, I might be like, I think there's some yumminess tucked in there and I just can't get it out. <laughs> OTT. Okay. Uh, then the next list, I just wanted to explain OTT because people out there are probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said OTT. I have no idea what you're talking about. OTT, go check it out. Um, I like Googled it and I got some like roofing company. <laughs> OTT plugin. X-F-E-R? Um, yes, That's what I it's so. like. I'll have to look it up huh. later. Who Multiband, upwards, That's downwards, it, yeah. compressor. Steven Slate just put out his own version of it this year. Um, that doesn't really give a lot of credibility to your right. statement. I know. That's why I wanted to explain the OTT. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, so what's so, it do? It just makes things more exciting? Yeah, that's how I use it. I dial it in. It's very low in the blend. I blend it. Um, you know, to taste. But yeah, it's, you know, upward compression... Uh, expansion can bring out some things. So, huh. anyway, it's kind of a fun tool. Just a tool, you know, an option. Uh, it's free. It's free. Yeah, it's free. Great plugin. I'm going to download this. Extremely destructive, by the way. <laughs> like, 
it can be it can be a hot mess, but if you blend it into taste, you know, it can be really fun. Um on this chain, Saturn 2. We've talked about Saturn 2, saturation, multiband, fun option. Here's a fun one, R bass. Yes, R bass. When a mix sounds super thin, R bass can come save it. It basically creates bottom end and low end that uh, you didn't hear before, and it creates a harmonic extension so your ear connects the tangible with the feeling of low end bass to trick your ear into thinking there's low end. Our bass to me can be killer on rock because a lot of rock gets thinned out because people are pushing their stuff way too hard. Well, this mm-hmm. is like that overcompressed section or situation where going out of the box is not going to be good, but I need some low-end feeling, and so our bass does it much more cleaner without adding this overly nasty density that analog can add on a overcompressed mix. Uh, our bass, super great. Oxford limiter, Oxford inflator. Dope. We've talked about both of those before. Oxford limiter I like to use just for the enhance. I don't use it for limiting ever. Never, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Use that limiter for limiting. <laughs> it's too slow on the release. It, just, it doesn't work. Yeah, it sounds like 1999. Uh, but the enhance to dial in mid top end harmonics, you can pull a vocal forward, you can make guitar sound awesome. Use that. Oxford inflator. I find the Oxford inflator goes from like zero to 100 real quick in density. It can almost make mm. low end sound flubby quick to me, where you've lost punch. Um, so I'll dial in that, the character section or whatever that part is called. I can't remember. Um, dial that in. I like the split band mode on it. Um, I believe that's what it is, split band. And don't kill me if, I'm, if I can't remember every function on this plugin. I don't use the plugins too much. Um, next, passive EQ. The passive EQ is the uh, massive passive version from SoftTube. And I find SoftTube has the most accurate massive passive emulation. It sounds a lot like my Silverface one that I have. Um, I have it as a plug-in because sometimes you just want two massive passives. (laughs) So that's more as on there. I'll drag it over sometimes if I'm out of the box with the massive passive than in the box. Also, though, I really like the filters on that plug-in, and sometimes I'll just use the filters for top and bottom on the plug-in instead of going out of the box into the actual thing. Sounds just a hair different, hair cleaner. Um, Here's a fun one that most people don't know about. I feel like I'm just giving away all my secrets here, but, you know, it's great. Um, Fun plug-in, Gemini Dopabine. It's by Overloud. I've never heard of this. Yeah. This is modeled after the old Dolby noise suppressors. And basically how people use them in the studio is they actually use them in reverse to where someone... I'm going to butcher this. Man, someone's going to kill me. Instead of suppressing the noise, it's taking like the top-end noise. I'm just making up things at this stage. But go look it up yourself. (laughs) And they started reversing... They basically took, I think, the uh, the top end and the sound and were able to re-put that into the signal, but in a nice way. 
It's an exciter. That's how people use it. But originally it was for to remove noise. Um, like is that like that? Sound. Uh, what is it? Audio thing makes a thing that type A and they run like a tape. And it was initially made to um, get rid of tape noise. Yes, that's and tape the hiss. Yep. Yeah. And so I believe it has a tape. And I don't know if it's playing the inverse of whatever's going on, but I know some people do use it. The like you can use it in its present state as like a DSer, but there's like certain parts of it you can like solo. Yeah. And some people use it as an enhancer. Is it like the type A? Do you know I, what I'm talking about? I don't know. This is what it says. It says Overlab's <laughs> dopamine is not an ordinary exciter. It emulates oh. the tape encoding processor, which is used to enhance your sound naturally. It revives tracks or whole mixes while preserving the natural tone. This mm. is what is different about it, and this is what people did with the hardware, is it does not introduce any new artifacts like exciters do. It dynamically balances the current existing harmonics that are already in the audio, and rather than generating new non-existent harmonics by oversynthesizing them. What does this do? Basically, it just adds more yumminess that is already in your mix without it becoming like overly bright and you know, adding like fake harmonic stuff. So it's supposed to mimic the two classic processors, the 180 and the 361, which I believe is the Dolby stuff. Um, anyway, this plugin is bonkers, like for <laughs> anyone at any stage, because it really does make things come to life that feel dull. And it has a wet knob on it, thank God. So you can dial it in taste. <laughs> and it also has compression in it, which I never use on it because it feels really grabby. But the blending of it, oh my goodness. For some dull stuff, it can make it just shine. You'll fall in love with that one. Okay, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna move a bit quicker because I want you to talk that. Sorry. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> um You're S- all good. the SSL native saturator from SSL. Sounds like an SSL console. I've used many a console. This sounds like the console when you push it. Super cool plugin. Uh, it has second and third order harmonics. It has depth and width, um, which is a really fun thing to mess with. And then driving it and messing with the input outputs respond a lot like the console. It's very cool. Closest thing to a SSL console without having one, in my opinion. Sounds way better than CLA's mix bus or whatever he's trying to Whatever Waves has done to mimic SSL, surprise, surprise, SSL, the company has done it better. Um, Vitamin, uh, I don't use it. I don't know why it's in there. Vitamin is a Waves harmonic exciter, uh, multiband. I don't ever use that. Delete that. (laughs) Um, The last few things are like limiter options or limiter coloring. Tokyo Dawn, Gentleman's Edition, limiter. I, I adore really that like thing, that man. Secret weapon. It's a secret weapon out there. Um, Matt Huber turned me on to that. My other favorite, Matt. Um, I have Ozone 9 on here just because so many people have Ozone stuff. And so I keep that on here sometimes because sometimes people's references are going through Ozone. And there's so much going on 
between their regular mix and their ref, but everybody signed off on the ref. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's ozone, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> well, it I, has a sound. Right, it has such a specific sound. So you got to like keep it in the mix. Right. So, so you know, it's usually the exciter or something people are using or some preset like General Balance or Greg Calby's Extra Bright version, which I love Greg Calby. Great guy. Um but anyway, people use presets out of there all the time for their references, so I just keep that on hand because it is doing a ton under the hood and sometimes, you know, sometimes I like the way it sounds, but I just want to have that to have access to that. Um then L1 L2 limiters back to back, just different sounds. Love L1 L2s still. Um Logic standard EQ. Watch out. That's my EQ. <laughs> if I'm in the That's box. That's so funny. If I'm in the box, it's Logic's uh, channel EQ or linear EQ. Uh, and then Fab Filter Pro L2 catching just the, the peaks, you know? And uh, I'll adjust the character setting based on what I like. Uh, for sure, love the attack and release knobs on the. Fab filter limiter. I think that's where it shines in its attack and release settings more than anything else. Um, and that is my in the box. That's the in the box. That's everything that sits there. Usually I'll I'll pick two or three things is what I'll do. Kind of like on the out of the box. Just need a few things depending on what the song needs. <laughs> but those plugins to me last couple of years pretty freaking sweet. So that's that's my in the box quote unquote chain of tools options. I don't like calling it chain because I don't ever use everything, but those are the plugins that I find have been super dope. So that's just me. Love it or list it. <laughs> that's super dope. <laughs> okay. Now you have Sam's chain of in the box, and now you are a mastering engineer. Sam's lying. He just uses that Lurison mastering console. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I no, I'm not even gonna talk for that. Matt, how about you? What do you I'm think? I'm not gonna talk about that. What do you think? <laughs> Moving on quickly. <laughs> you wanna just sit here like in this moment for a second or two? <gasps> no, I want you to talk. I'm gonna start talking about something I don't need to talk about. <laughs> All right. So this is not a chain that really I have built. I don't really, I don't really, I I, I don't know why I don't really go into a session thinking like, oh, I'm going to go out of the box. It's just like, that's an option. I normally never approach a session thinking that I'm not going to go analog. I don't know why. Just normally that's the path I go. So I don't even have this queued up. Mainly like my biggest reason Man, and I've like been like been like threatening this for like a few years or something like that. And it's like I guess if I wanted a clickbaity episode title, be like, I'm leaving logic forever. <laughs> and like the thing that just grinds my gears is even if you have plugins that like aren't even touching like an active source or something like that, they're still like doing something. And they're not like doing anything on the GUI, but they're like eating up CPU. And so if you're using like a lot of like plugins on anything and like, I don't know, say this is like an album or something like that. In order for me to like print stuff, I got to like 
disable like a whole channel's worth of plugins, even if like everything's all stepped and all my tracks are stepped and nothing's ever going to see, like no plugin on channel one is going to touch a plugin on channel two, but it's like plugin one's got to be turned off so channel two doesn't like, like make the computer fart. And so I just kind of wish that stuff would just work a little bit better. Um, I don't know if you have that issue, but like I've tried like just about everything and I really wish it wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I know like UAD has like that little setting that you can turn off and that's kind of nice. Um, I also, I have a question. Yeah. UAD released that whole like Spark thing. That's like their like subscription service. Mm. And I have a M1 Max laptop. I love it. But I hate that I can't use like natively just UAD plugins that I've paid a lot of money for and that I own. And there's no way that anything in a UAD satellite is going to be better than what's in an M1 like Max chip. Like the DSP is just like not going to be there. Like the like the processing is not going to be there. And so I want to know in order to have my stuff natively on my M1 Max computer, which will do better than the satellite as far as processing, why can't I just run my stuff natively? And why do I have to pay for a subscription for crap I already own? That's kind of BS to me. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> UAD, you can respond to the comments. I don't use I don't anything know. UAD, so I don't know. I use a lot UAD. I, I really like it. I think their modeling is like really sharp and like on point. I really don't like that you can't do old man mode and expand stuff. And I know we've talked about it on this podcast about like, oh, well, like expanding the plugin is like a lot of the, like takes up a lot of the budget of like the plugin. And it's like, I have literally lost sleep thinking about this. I don't know why I'm so cynical right now. We're in the <laughs> middle of like a great conversation. Yeah, get off the I have UA train no here. kidding, lost sleep over this. A GUI is just a freaking drawing with like some animation on it. Why is that? It's just a picture. Why does that take up so much of a budget? And why is it so hard to expand and just make like, like I, I'm like squinting to see my massive passive if I'm using it, which I don't use it because one, it doesn't have old man mode and two, it's just, I don't, I actually don't think the UAD massive passive sounds that good. Anyway, what do I use? <laughs> I use, this is like my whole thing about like why I like UAD now. <laughs> This is like a complete 180 <laughs> what I just said because the first thing I have on here, like there is no order to this. This is just like stuff that I use for like in the box stuff that I think is just absolutely lovely. I really like that um, the ATR 102, that tape machine that they have, mm -hmm. um, that was the first UAD plugin that I bought. And I don't know why, like even like seeing like the little commercials and people using it. I was just like, man, this is going to be a sick plugin, and it is. And it's like literally, if you have like too much like high end like junk, all you got to do is you got to go into like the settings of it, and then you just dial down like the like one of the like like I don't know. It sounds kind of goofy because it's a plugin. It's there's not really a repro head, but 
don't know, dial down the high frequency EQ on the repro head or on one of the EQ adjustments. And it's like, okay, sweet. That just solved my problem in a really analogy sounding way. And so I really like the ATR 102. I think it solves a lot of problems. It's really, really fun to drive. Um, if I use it, it's probably one of like the first things that I do use just because I really like the vibe. And once again, this is in no particular order except for that, I suppose. Um, so since the saturation episode was recorded, which is, these episodes are recorded pretty far out. So um, I don't, I, like, it was a while ago that I bought this. Um, but in the saturation episode that just released, um, I said I did not have this, but I have bought it since just in case I was running the crack. And that is the Saturn II. And I really like it. <laughs> I haven't used the multiband version of it yet, mainly because I don't think I need to. But I like how it goes into that, like, because like Saturn One was like, you can have clean tape, you can have warm tape, and you can have like whatever, crunchy tape. I don't know. But like they expand on like all the different, oh, they expanded all the different like saturation type models that they have. But then they also like went like, if you don't want clean, it's like, we got subtle. And so I bought it and I really like it and I really enjoy what it does. I think it, this is such a funny sentence, it saturates in a cleaner way. I don't know why. I think just everything just moves and works a little bit better. And so I like it a lot. Um, on the fab filter side of things, I really like the Pro L2. Man, if you just like want to get level and you want just like cheap level, the Pro L2 as a clipper is just like kind of fun and nice. It doesn't like... I don't like driving a lot into it um, just because I don't really like the sound of the input gain over a certain level. But it's like if you're already up there on, once again, something that's already like really loud and you're just kind of like, like, man, I just kind of want like a little more aggressiveness on this attack or something like that. <clears throat> Using it as a, as a clipper is kind of fun. Um, I really like the Pro Q3 as an EQ. I, here's, the, here's a weird thing. And I'd love for somebody to answer me this question. I don't know why they still have the multiband, like the Pro MB, when they have the Pro Q3, mm -hmm. which also has multiband function to it. Someone riddle me that. I don't. I don't know why that is, but um, I think it's cool that they have it. I don't know if it's just like now is like a legacy product or if it has other features. I'd love for somebody to tell me. Um, I also really have been digging the Pro C2. I don't know why, but like, there's a part of me that's like, man, I think they're gonna like, like, I know I have no reason to think this. I'm just kind of like, man, I have like a gut feeling they're gonna upgrade this soon because it's like kind of an old compressor as far as like, like I don't know what they do and they like update stuff and they make stuff really cool. I don't know what they could do to make it better, but I really like it if you just need like a really, really, really quiet um, compressor with a sidechain feature. I think it's really, really nice. Um, so I love FabFilter. I also have their... Um, this isn't on the list. Let me pull up this like little plug-in thing. I have... I really like Pro-R. If something is just like too dry and just needs like... like Reverb is like almost like a little bit, it acts almost like compression to a degree. And mm -hmm. that kind of sounds weird, but it's more for like how stuff sits in a mix. And it can really just like glue stuff in in like a compressy type way, but it's not compression. 
But like, if something's just like way too forward in an awkward way, pro R at like 2% or 3% or 4%, at least for me, is really, really nice. However, if there's ever a dropout to where it's just vocals or something like that, holy crap, automate that thing out because <laughs> everybody will know what you did. <laughs> um, I also saw that like they have like that delay, and I really like that, but I'm obviously not going to buy it. I just love a lot, like how they make all their stuff. I really like FabFilter. Um, I also have Ozone 9 on here. I'm just a really big Isotope fan. I have been since I think Ozone 5 or so. And like 7 was like the first one that like really locked me in and it took me forever to upgrade. Didn't care for 8. I don't know why. I like demoed it and I was like, this sounds different. And I didn't like it. And then 9, I was like, holy crap, this sounds fantastic. (laughs) I don't use like all the modules. I've said this a million times. I only use like parts and pieces. I don't like the tape, um, the vintage tape. I don't like the vintage EQ. The vintage compressor is cool, but it's got to be in like the right spot for it. And if you're using the vintage compressor, there's probably other things, other tools in your toolbox that you have that could probably do a better job. Spectral Shaper will occasionally save your butt, but it's one of those things that it's like, ah, I wonder if this will work. And then occasionally it will. Um, Maximizer is nice. I don't really like the sound of it. I really like that whole like stereo image part of it to where you can tell like the... I don't know, like the parts that are being limited, I'm supposed, I, I, I think, like the independence of that interaction with the limiter and the stuff that is being reduced. Um, that and then that like uh, transient enhancer, I think is lovely if you accidentally have something that is too smashed on your case or somebody else's case. Uh, bah, 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 bah. That match EQ, I think is funny. Um, it's a, like joking I don't like it um, master rebalance I think is like the hidden gem but holy hell it will eat CPU <laughs> um, but I mean I 100% understand why it's just cranking through CPU master rebalance is like I don't know It's it's it has saved me so much time just not having to like if somebody has like, man, can we get like a vocal up on here? Like, we're just going to send you another mix and just be like, oh, I can do that on my end. What? That's awesome. And then it just takes care of it. Low end focus. It's kind of like, man, I don't like it works, but it's yeah. know, just just kind of like works in a flaccid way. It's not really like, you know, it doesn't just like whatever. I you could do better. Imager, go. It's like if you like destroying like an image, Imager's great. <laughs> um, the Exciter, I think the Exciter is also a sleeper. Um, it's like a little multiband thing, kind of like Saturn. I think Saturn's better than the than the Ozone Exciter, but um, the Ozone Exciter is pretty good. Or I would say like the Saturn. Saturn is like a refined Exciter. Um, I think the EQ is pretty good. I really like the dynamic EQ on it. I don't like it as much as I did like when it was on 7, um, but I really like the solo feature on it. I think that's cool. I do not like the dynamics at all, like the compression and the multiband compression. I like just the, the, the regular thing. I do not like that at all. Um, so like if I'm using it, it's like I might actually use like the vintage limiter for a bit of a vibe, and then I might use... By the way, like that, like there was like an old preset in like five that was like 
like the style of it or whatever it is like you can like dial in on the right like it was like 1.64 it's like my stuff's always set to that that vintage limiter for some reason it always sounds killer <laughs> um i'd have that i'd have mastery balance and i'd have like the maximizer and so it's just like you can do whatever you want in mastery balance but then you're kind of catching it with the limiter or you can just put it after the limiter totally clip the hell out of ozone and just kind of keep moving on so really just depends on how gassy you want to make it um, kind of touching on what you did, you were talking about that, like, what is it? It wasn't not soft tube native instruments. You were talking about that, um, passive EQ, the uh-huh. massive passive one. Oh yeah. That's I think native that instruments. Cool. Yeah. I said soft tube, but it's native instruments. You're right. I really like it. It's fun. Um, I'm more grabbing like the enhanced EQ, but like the top end can kind of get away from me if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and that one is trying to mimic the manly Poltec. Um, and as far as like the very Mew, I think that that one has a long way to come before it's yeah. like a manly very Mew. Um, I still like Soothe too. I know I was like talking bad about it in like a gear <laughs> episode or something that was overrated. I'm a freaking liar because I ended up using it on the next session. That black box <laughs> that Plugin Alliance has, I'll totally walk back what I said about it in the saturation episode. If you're in the box, it's like black box audio design HG2. If you're in the box and you just need something to sound like a crank more analog, it's nice. <laughs> I also really like that NIF Soma that came out. I bought that on day one and I'll keep my comments on what I think about plugin lines to myself because I still buy all their stuff. <laughs> but I like I think their emulations are like probably like top in the game. I really like what they do. I also like that Lindell, it's their their cop Lindell's copy of the 2254, the Neat mm-hmm, Bus compressor. Mm-hmm. If I have something that's just like way too transient and can totally use a vibe of the 2254, then I have no problem dialing that in. That compared to UA's version of it, I don't think UAD's version comes close to like how vibey um, Lindell, Lindell's yeah. version from Plugin Alliance is. I think that's fantastic. Um, speeding up, I really, like, I cannot stand like like really crazy top end. It's... I don't know. It's like just a massive pet peeve of mine. So normally stuff you'll hear from me is like the top end is like pretty tamed. It's not like tucked away. Like, oh, I'm going to like, I'll show you like, like <laughs> none, none of this like crazy stuff. It's just, I don't really like harsh top end. And so if it needs to be there, I'll totally let it live. But um, if I have a chance, I'll totally like just chop it off at the knees. And so the Weiss DSer, I really, really, really like that one. Um, I also from like that's on soft tube. I also really want the compressor and the maximizer. I just don't have a million dollars right now to spend on plugins, <laughs> and like all that white stuff is so expensive on there. Of course, the Oxford Inflator. I really like it. Um, it's like definitely a staple. Um, I do not like the limiter really. Every time I use it, I'm always like, man, why am I using this? <laughs> and then it's always like so late in the chain that like the limiter is being like like. It sounds weird. It's like there's, I was going to say it's being tickled or like some, something, some signal <laughs> is going through it to where it's exceeding the threshold and there's attenuation. And then I'm like, man, that release time sucks. And so, like, I just never use it. That's a waste of money. Um, I don't use this and I don't recommend it from the mere fact that I want to use it on something. And so, I'm going to say that I don't use it and that I don't like it, that I don't recommend it. Um, Sam recommended that SSL um, X Saturator yeah. to me. 
But I also bought that Fusion Vintage drive that they have. And I have not been able to get it to work on anything. And I was just like, man, I just want to hear this like work in a good situation. And I haven't been able to. And so I'm going to say, don't use it. I hate it. I can't stand it because I like secretly next week, I want to try it. it out. Tokyo Don Limiter Gentleman's Edition. Y'all, just whip out the wallet. It's like, it's time. You know what really sold me on that? What? I don't know why, and I don't know what's wrong with me. I really love any piece of gear that has a Delta function to it. Mm, yeah. To where you can listen to what is being removed. For some reason, I use that more because like I my for some reason my mind works, I want this removed. Yeah. And then I go into the Delta and then I tweak it until that is there. Mm-hmm. Then I go back and I listen and I might dial it out or I might blend something. And for some reason, that's how my brain works with limiters and all this other stuff. Um, I was probably dropped or something when I was a kid. And so that's why I'm like, that's why I operate that way. But holy hell, their clipper is delicious. The high frequency <laughs> limiter is incredible. The compressor is even nice. I really like the whole gambit. And you can switch it around. Yeah. A total sleeper. Um, don't use it because I want to use it. So anyway... Um, <laughs> On UA still, like the Fairchild 670, I think they have a really nice and uh, like tasty version of the 670. Not the legacy one, because they always give you a legacy one. Um, but yeah, also, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know how often I use an LA-2A, um, mainly from UAD. And it's like, if you just need like just like overall non-sidechained like compression or glue or just something... An LA-2A is an LA-2A, and you know what mm-hmm. you're getting. And, uh, yeah, I really like that a lot. And then the other one that I don't know if I ever talk about this ever, and it's so weird, but you can just kind of get a really cool hi-fi vibe out of it, or you can just kind of turn something into a mess, <laughs> if that's, like, what's asked for, I guess, which isn't often, but you can make it sound hi-fi, you can make it sound really whatever. Um, Waves, which I have like three Waves plugins these days. Um, but they do have old man mode, which I love old man <laughs> mode. That 200% <laughs> yeah. like blow up on the thing. That's pretty nice. I also have my eye on the clock, Sam. Yeah. Um, that Abbey Road vinyl thing to where it's like you can play it on the little turntable. You can play it on the... Um, What's it called? On the cutting desk, you can play it on like after it's been quote unquote pressed or whatever. And just like all the emulations and stuff that they have going into that, you can play it through like their little like EMI desk or whatever it's called. And just all the little different variables you have is just so cool. And then I'm always, I really like vinyl just as like a listening format. And so like you can even like switch the playback cartridge from like a DJ cartridge to a moving magnet to a, a moving coil. And you, you switch it from moving magnet to moving coil. It's just like, holy crap, this is Steely Dan now. And it sounds fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. So anyway, that's what I do. And not all of it, maybe like like two, three, a handful at most of those things. Um, it's normally not too difficult to take it kind of like to like another level. I actually could probably talk about this for another hour, but we don't have right. another hour. <laughs> and I actually have like <clears throat> a whole nother set of notes of like other things that like where this episode could have gone if I didn't go so long. We'll do a but V2. 
We'll see how V1 goes and see if people want a V2. I'm sure this one's going to go over great. Any, like, gear episode plug-in or whatever. Right. Oh, can I say another rant? <laughs> yes. If you're selling your plugins on pl- on gear sluts, don't do that. No one wants to see that. No one goes on gear sluts to buy plugins. It's do you go on gear, gear sluts to buy plugins anymore? Gear space. Gear yeah. space. Yeah. Whatever. Excuse me. Anyway, do you? But I've never bought a plugin off of gear sluts, and, and like there's either. like there's this guy from Spain just like listing like three pages of plugins. It's like, dude, please stop. Anyway, if that's you, please don't do that anymore. I don't know why I'm so cynical today. Yeah, why are you so savage? Um, I don't know. I still have like two more things, but you want to let, let's wrap this guy Yeah, up. we need to wrap. Okay. If you liked what we said, if you think I should just take a chill pull next time, I don't know, maybe like get a better night's sleep, just let me know. Um, but if you liked what we said, if you wouldn't mind going over to iTunes, wherever you're listening, giving us some stars, some thumbs up, some likes, comments, whatever it is, or... Uh, take a screenshot of this episode, paste it to, paste it to, <laughs> uh, pop it into a story on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you are, and uh, go ahead and say, I love the Attack and Release show. And uh, that would be fantastic. If you need a mastering engineer, Sam and I would love to be a, uh, your mastering engineer. Sam can be found at Moses Mastering, and I can be found at For the Record Mastering. If you like this beat, Sam made it, and thank him for making all this music. He has not repeated the same one twice. He's amazing. That's amazing. Um, also, if y'all are like on Instagram or email or whatever and y'all are giving us feedback, thank you so much for that. We love feedback on the show. We love hearing people who have thoughts and, hey, this could have been different or I loved this. And so we kind of like everything. And if we don't agree <laughs> with it, we don't agree with it, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh. I mean, it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate the feedback, and I'm introverted as heck, so I'm going to be thinking about it for the next week. So, anywho, <laughs> we got to run, and whatever you're having, morning, evening, afternoon, have a darn good one. Cue up the music, Sam. Cue See y'all. <laughs> <laughs>